Welcome to Stiefel's Sightlines Podcast, focusing each week on a topic or two important to investors. Well, greetings. This is Michael O'Keefe, Stiefel's Chief Investment Officer, and welcome to this next episode of the Sightlines Podcast. You know, uh, this week, actually, I, I hosted a webinar with my colleague, Dr. Lindsay Piegza, who's Stiefel's chief economist, and, and as well, Brian Gardner, Stiefel's chief Washington policy strategist. And given the volatility we've seen in 2022, basically this decline in the equity market um, and lots of things going on to drive all of that, we thought it would make sense to get together, have a client webinar. In this episode, I'm actually going to summarize it, but you know, in the show notes, if you will, the episode notes, uh, we'll, I'll make sure to have a, a link to the replay included if you want to check it out. Um, so let's jump in. Basically, we started with a discussion about the economy. And uh, what was notable is for the first quarters, I think we've discussed before, we saw decline in US GDP. Uh, it was down 1.4% in the first quarter. And so it was a great opportunity to have Lindsay kind of unpack what was happening in first quarter. And let me kind of summarize that. The bottom line is we saw this weakness really driven by a growing trade deficit and then slower, a slower growth in inventories. There are two sort of anchors to GDP, and that's the consumer and then business investment. And basically, despite this negative print in first quarter, Lindsay observed that those two anchors to GDP, the consumer and business inve- investment, continue to be positive. It was a positive quarter. So long story short, she and, and most economists, we think, um, don't see a second negative print in second quarter, which together could define a recession. So, you know, bottom line is we, we think that things will hold up. And, um, and so the... Um, uh, you know, in terms of Lindsay's take on the economy, we're seeing positive growth slowing a little bit, but still positive. And I think we all agree, we're sort of of the view that uh, a recession, if you will, we don't think will happen, let's say, till um, second half of 2023 at the earliest. And things would have to, you know, kind of um, soften further between now and then for that to occur. Now, we did get into as well, uh, inflation, not surprisingly, I'm sure. And basically, you know, Lindsay observed, and, and this certainly had an effect as well on the economy, but essentially renewed supply chain disruptions, which we know about. Um, the war in Ukraine driving oil prices higher, for example, is another factor. And, um, in, and long story short, when we look out anyway to inflation, um, a year from now, basically consensus views are that it'll fall in 2023 down to around the 3% level. And that's, a, uh, you know, a point higher than the Fed's 2% target. In any event, uh, we got into it with Brian as it relates to some of the, I'll call it geopolitical influences of all this. Uh, one obviously relates to the war in Ukraine. And um, and the, the bottom line is that, you know, that obviously tragic situation has caused disruption. We see this this uh, striking kind of uh, recognition that politicians are, um, you know, being careful basically to show support, uh, but we don't want to go too far, and that is uh, sort of complicated in a way, or complicated by the fact that we've got an election coming up. So everybody's being super careful. In any event, when we were talking about inflation, Brian also 
chimed in and talked a bit about China tariffs. Uh, so think of that as additional friction, right? And uh, the, the 2018 tariffs are scheduled to expire, but the U.S. trade representative does want to extend them and uh, you kind of have them there as a, as a point of leverage in the future. Um, in any event, uh, we got into Fed policy, um, given this increased uh, inflation. And, you know, so Lindsay, Lindsay summarized that. And, you know, the way I think about it is Fed has shifted to a more hawkish policy. Um, <clears throat> and they're trying to take action to show that they're going to bring down inflation in a, quote, clear and convincing way, end quote. And uh, all that to sort of try to manage us to a soft landing uh, in the economy, where along the way the Fed's going to be data dependent. So, um, you know, she pointed out that the Fed uh, continues to monitor what we think of as the health of cons the consumer from a number of directions, right? How are people's lives? But then that consumer spending is an anchor to GDP. So that's important from that perspective as well. And, um, and, and I'd say finally, Lindsay pointed out a couple of things I think were worth noting. One is that just overall our economy, if you think about it as a big engine, is very strong, right? It's a big economic engine and uh, we tend to focus on the changes, but, but there's sort of this anchor that, uh, that is pretty positive. In any event, she also pointed out the, the idea that the Fed, there's some of the economy is holding up pretty well and, and, uh, she believes it can withstand further rate hikes from the Fed. Now, I mentioned the uh, the idea of the midterm. So we got into it with Brian, not surprisingly, as our chief Washington policy strategist about the upcoming midterms. And so we know, for, for example, there are things going on that uh, in today's world are a bit p politically motivated. So we have the uh, January 6th committee hearings coming into focus. And obviously, if um, that, that's going to ha have a play in the uh, media and it's going to have a play in terms of how pe voters think about things. Uh, and then there was also the leak of the draft of the Supreme Court potentially overturning Roe v. Wade. And that's gotten a lot of uh, focus. Um, and obviously, in some ways, um, uh, f folks are kind of using that as a way to gauge kind of where they think they may land in the polls. I think the bottom line is that uh, Brian feels that voters pretty much have had their minds made up as it relates to um, uh, what they're going to do at the November election, and that uh, both by the overall sentiment that people are a little bit down with the current environment and also his historical precedence, this is typically midterm uh, when the, uh, the party in power loses ground. So his view is that the House will likely flip to a Republican majority and that maybe that could happen in the Senate, but maybe not. We'll see. In any event, that would lead us, obviously, to a more traditionally divided government, um, which, uh, uh, you know, we'll get into in future episodes. Um, okay, so when we roll all this up, bottom line is we've seen equity markets fall. We haven't, in, on the S&P 500, quite yet hit a bear market yet. But people ask the question all, all day long, you know, where do we see stocks going from here and uh, what should I do if I'm invested or if I'm thinking about investing. So as it relates to a view on where we're headed, you know, when we looked at sort of the foundation of, um, of the stock market and sort of stock market valuations, that really comes down to earnings. And earnings, despite all of this pressure right now, are forecasted to hold up over the balance of 2022 and then over the next couple of years, 23 and 24. And think in the neighborhood of 9 to 10% earnings growth. 
uh, which is a, a, a little bit above our long-term assumed uh, average of 6%. And, and so, you know, there's sort of factors here that should be supportive of uh, stock market valuation levels. I also like to think about it is I, I never, nobody can really time the market today or over the next month or whatever. I tend to look, uh, the nearest I tend to look out is, is over the next year. And I, so I ask myself the question, do I think equity markets uh, will be higher or lower a year from now in the current environment for sure? Uh, a little bit driven by the fact that markets have declined. We, we believe markets will be higher a year from now. So as it relates to staying the course and staying invested, of course, we, we advocate for that for the long-term investor. Uh, we shared a comment, and, and we definitely are pu- publishing a lot on this idea of time in the market being better than timing the market. It's really hard to time the market. And um, you know, the bottom line is if you miss uh, big trading days, um, really just a handful, um, you can really erode the performance of your portfolio. In any event, finally, when it comes to putting money to work, so if somebody has money on the sidelines that they know they want to eventually get invested in the market, it is a good time to be doing that in a methodical way. So the buyers who tend to buy on uh, greed versus, uh, I'm sorry, fear versus greed are out there active right now. People are finding dislocated investments and opportunities and all that kind of thing. But long story short, we think a methodical approach, something like dollar cost averaging to put money to work is a a reasonable uh, thing to do in this environment. And there's really no reason to quote unquote stop or wait uh, on that from our perspective. Hey, so that's what I wanted to cover this week. Again, in the the notes of this uh, episode, I'm hopeful to share um, a link uh, to the actual webinar and would certainly invite you to check it out. But uh, in any event, thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you at the next episode. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to Stiefel's Sightlines. Be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to automatically receive each week's podcast in your feed.